2020. We're broadcasting to you today from North Central West Virginia. Word of God says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. By him all things consist. By the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, all things were made by him and for him. All dominion and all power has been given unto him. You talk about him and you talk about the king of the world, the king of the universe, and the soon coming king that will rule on this earth from Jerusalem with a rod of iron. The Bible says we must love his appearing. Are you excited about the coming of the Lord? When? I don't know. But while we are here, we have a mandate to preach the gospel, to go in the highways and the byways and compel them to come in, to tell the truth of the word of God. And I believe in these last days that he's going to uh, pour out his spirit in a great and a magnificent way. The Bible declares when we see these things come to pass, what's going on in the world today, look up for your redemption draws nigh. In other words, there's coming a day when we're going to give our due for our soul. The Bible declares there's two judgments, the judgment seat of Christ, the Bema seat. It's where we want to be, and the white throne judgment is where we don't want to be. Judgment begins at the house of God, which means begins with the individual Christian on the inside. The Bible says, guard your heart, because out of the heart proceeds the issues of life. We need to work out our own salvation with trembling and with fear. We need to make sure that all is well between the Lord and, and, and ourselves. And the Bible says we must be reconciled. We must be reconciled by being born again, being born from above. The only way to be reconciled to God is through the blood of Jesus Christ. We can never, ever stand in his presence on our own. We must stand in his presence covered with the blood, the righteousness, which is Jesus Christ. Our righteousness is but filthy rags, and we stand today, my Lord, in the righteousness of Jesus. So we're going to continue on today. Hebrews chapter 8, talking about the new covenant and how it is superior to the old. In other words, we're going to use the term again, better, better than the blood of bulls and goats. You say, well, you stress this a lot. Well, I believe, I'm, I'm, I believe we need to, to, to know and recognize that the old economy of God, it's always been about blood from the word of God in Genesis 3, in Genesis 3.15. And also he said uh, uh, he saw him covered with fig leaves and he slew an animal and covered him with the skins. He shed blood and <clears throat> Salvation is through blood. The life is in the blood. And the word of God says, I've put the blood on the mercy seat for your water atonement. So the new covenant, which me and you live under right now, we are uh, under the new covenant, under law. Law was our schoolmaster. 
law is something we look at to recognize our sins, but the blood of Jesus Christ is the only thing that can take away or eradicate sins. Because the bloods of bulls and goats is covered because the high priest had to go once a year behind the veil, once for himself and once for the people. So we're going to talk about superiority of the new covenant. Hebrews chapter 8. Remember we talked last time about um, a man called who? Melchizedek. And how that Jesus Christ priesthood was superior. So we're going to go on in that in that, uh, that line of thought today. Okay, Hebrews chapter 8, verse 1. Now the things which we have spoken, this is the Son. For we have such a high priest, talking about Christ, who is set on the right hand, set, which means finished work, on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heavens. In other words, the supreme being, the creator of all things. Everything's under his feet. The word of God says, that God the Father said, that God the Son set by, my, set by my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. There are many. There are many that are anti-Christ, who hate Christ. But for those of us who love him and love his gospel, it's the power of God, Paul said, unto salvation. <clears throat> he sat on the right hand of the throne of majesty in the heavens. He said, for this is the sum. So that means the principal thing, the main point, with the chief thrust of this particular verse for this entire chapter. He says, we have a high priest, a high priest, very important. We have a high priest. The word of God, uh, that, means, that means by extension, chief priest, the only priest we need. Hebrews chapter 7, verse, verse 26, for such a high priest became us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. Listen now. Who needeth not daily, as those high priests who offer up sacrifice, first for his own sins, then for the people's, for this he did once, once, when he offered up himself. For the law maketh men priests, which have infirmity, or weaknesses, or flesh. But the word of the oath, which was since the law, maketh the Son, who is consecrated forevermore, the everlasting high priest, the everlasting covenant, the author of that, the authority of that thing. Glory to God. So that was from what we went over last week. It doesn't hurt to review. I believe I heard a man say that, that what repetition is the mother of all learning. We need to go over and over and over and over. So he says, who is set on the right hand? The right hand of who? God the Father. The right hand with power with authority, forever making intercession for me and for you. In Colossians 3, 1, For ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, which Christ set upon the right hand of God. Matthew 26, 64, Jesus said unto him, Thou hast said, Nevertheless, I say unto you, Hereafter shall you see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Hebrews 1, 3, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. This is where he's sitting right now. 
Hebrews 1.13, but to which of the angels said here any time, sit on my right hand until I make thy enemies thy footstool. Hebrews 10.12, but this man, after he'd offered one sacrifice for sin forever, sat down on the right hand of God. Who's sitting with the right hand of God? I think the word of God makes it pretty clear. It's our high priest, which is Jesus Christ. And he's there for a purpose. He's not sitting there. He's active. The Bible calls him our advocate, which means our go-between or our lawyer. Pleads our case before God. He's forever making intercession for us, sitting there by the right hand of God, touched with our infirmities, always mindful when we call upon his holy and righteous name or we invoke his name, it gets heaven's attention because no other name under heaven can a man be saved except it be through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Verse 2, Hebrews 8, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true, listen, true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched in, not man. Okay. God told Moses to build a tabernacle or make one. And the Bible declares that he told him down to the very T. And God anointed the first carpenter. I can't think of his name. Start with a B. But, but, but he was the first man in the word of God that was talked about having the anointing of the Holy Ghost one to build the tabernacle. But it was a pattern of the one in heaven. We just talked about Jesus said, well, the word of God says that uh, the life is in the blood, and I put the blood on a mercy seat for atonement for your sins. That means he put the blood on a mercy seat in heaven. That's why he told Mary, don't touch me, for I'm not ascended yet to my father. Thank God for the blood, on, and it's everlasting. It's, it's ever in force. In 2020, in July, the blood of Jesus Christ is just as potent and strong as it's ever than it's ever, ever been. It, I mean, it doesn't change. The word of God says our God is immutable. He's, he, he doesn't change. So our power today is in his blood, in his shed blood. His blood defeated our enemies, his enemies, principalities and powers at the cross. So he's a minister of the sanctuary. According, uh, he made he made a way for us to be redeemed, and ourselves being redeemed seals our destiny if we stay in Christ. He says he's a minister of the sanctuary, or the holy of holies, of the true tabernacle. Hebrews nine eleven, the Christ being come a high priest of good things to come by a greater, more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands. That is to say, not of this building. Okay. In other words, he says that that the Lord pitched this tabernacle and not man. Hebrews nine twenty four. For Christ is not entered to the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of true of the true, but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. Look at that scripture real strong. To appear in the presence of God. For us, our intercessor, our great high priest, superior. Once and for all was it done. There's no more need of sacrifices. There's no more need for the law, except to look at it, that we can't keep it. And it certainly, certainly pointed out our sins. It's a mirror. It's a schoolmaster, and it's fulfilled in 
Jesus Christ. We can't. We cannot keep the law. It's an impossibility for men with a sin nature to keep the law of God because it's holy. Isaiah said, "I saw him high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple." The word of God says, "Angels flew around and about, saying, Holy, holy.'" So the Lord pitched it, and not man, not made with flesh and blood, or or uh, uh, not made with men's hands, but pitched by God. Verse three: For every high priest is ordained to of to offer gifts and sacrifices, whereof it is of necessity that this man have somewhat also to offer. Somewhat, yes. Yeah. He offered everything. The Bible declared in Philippians, he poured everything out. The kenosis of Christ, the emptying of himself. He gave it all. He's come as a servant, as a doulos, to serve. So he did not serve as a priest on earth, but he's certainly serving as one now in heaven, a type of Melchizedek, king and priest. Verse 4, for if he were on earth, he should not be a priest, seeing that there are priests that offer gifts according to the law. Okay, so he fulfilled the law. He obeyed the law. When he healed the lepers, he said, go to the priest and make sure that they pronounce over you that you're clean. Of course, the law come from God at Mount Sinai, given to Moses, written on tablets. And then men added on to it. In the Thomas, they, they added more things, the, what, the, uh, what they call the written law, or, I'm sorry, or the unwritten law. The things that are just impossible to keep. Now, we're conscious of the law. We don't want to do the things the law is against, but we have no power in ourselves to keep it. But through Jesus Christ, we can do all things. We're the more than conquerors. He's going to make a way of escape. He is our righteousness, our strength, because he kept that law. Thank God for grace and thank God for mercy. Hebrews, I'm sorry, the book of Romans says, shall uh, we sin that grace may abound? He said, God forbid. God forbid. Thank God for the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank God, he says, by the Father's right hand right now. Thank God. Amen. That he's our high priest. He's forever, ever making intercession for me and you. Verse 5. Who serve unto the example and the shadow of heavenly things as Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle or see saith he, that thou make all things according to the pattern showed to thee in the mountain, or the pattern that come out of heaven, who serve unto the example in the shadow of heavenly things. Like we said, God pitched to the priest. We're always only representing in an earthly form what God made in heaven. In Colossians 2.14, blotting out the handwriting ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. Talk about the law. Yes, it was nailed to the cross. That's what the Bible says. Well, somebody today says it wasn't nailed to the cross. Well, the Bible just said it was. So I'm going to believe the Bible. I'm not going to believe what men say. I'm going to believe the Word of God because it's not going to pass. What men say a week from now, a year from now, we've forgotten. But what God says is perpetual. It goes on and on. The Bible says, from glory. Glory to glory. Verse 6. 
But now hath he obtained, listen, a more excellent ministry. Is that word excellent, better? By how much also he is the mediator, the mediator, the breach repairer of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. That's where we're at today. We are living under that better covenant. And Jesus Christ is the mediator between God and man. And the Bible declares he's the man, Christ Jesus. He comes a man, shed his blood as a man. He laid aside his deity for a time. Thank God. God sent his son. They called him Jesus. Hmm. Plan of God. The plan of God. He's coming back. Amen. I've got to insert that he's coming back. And the Bible says if we don't know him, that all men shall wail at his appearing, cry for the rocks to fall on him. It's a dangerous thing to reject the pulling power of the Spirit of God that's drawing you to himself. Don't reject it. Yield to it. Humble yourself before God in due time. He says you'll be exalted. Better covenant, better mediator, better promises. He obtained a more excellent ministry. The law barred the door to God, but Jesus opened it up. Could every man appear before God? No, not under the law. Just the designated high priest from the tribe of Levi once a year. But now the Bible says we can meet, we all can go boldly before the throne of God and make our supplication and our prayer uh, known to God. Verse 7 For if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. This, this, this here makes me think that Paul wrote this book. It's, it, you know, it's kind of along the line of things he says. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. In other words, the first pointed to the second. Melchizedek pointed to Jesus Christ. The old priesthood pointed to Jesus Christ. Setting by the Father's right hand, making intercession, the eternal, everlasting covenant. So the first covenant was based on animal blood. A lot of them were uh, were killed and sacrificed. But in the book of Hebrews 10, 4, for it's not possible, the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sin. Study these scriptures. It will help you to know who you are in Christ, what he went before us and done, how he established the new covenant, which we live under. And once again, we don't live under law. Read it. it. Tells us we're wrong. Points to our sins. But the law gives us no power to overcome sin. The only power is in the blood of our Lord and Savior. Verse 8. For finding fault with them, he saith, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. He says, I'll take away your iniquity. He says, I'll, I'll give you a new heart. So, once again, the old covenant like a mirror, showing our sins, looking at our sins, but once again having no power to deliver us from our sins. That behold, the days come. 
Behold, the days come. Jeremiah 31, the verse 30, but everyone shall die for his own iniquity. Every man that eats the sour grape, his teeth shall be set on edge. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel, and with the house of Judah, and also the Gentiles. He sent Paul to gather them in. Peter dealt with them too. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in, in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break, although I was a husband unto them, saith the Lord. Wow. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts, write it in their hearts, and will be their God, and they shall be my people. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor. And every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. So, so this is a promise. He said, From the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord, for, for I will forgive their iniquity, I will remember their sin no more. 35, Thus saith the Lord, which giveth the sun for a light by day, and the organs of the moon and of the stars for a light by night which divideth the sea when the waves thereof roar, the Lord of hosts is his name. No other power. If he says it, it will come to pass. Write it down. When and how, that's entirely up to him. But when he speaks his word, it will come to pass. This is what he spoke, and this is what he's going to do. We gather from, from the north, from the south, and from the east, and from the west, his people. The word of God says Peter wrote to those scattered over the world. Of course, this is the Jews, but it did not leave out the Gentiles. He grafted us in. We were also, we were also children of Abraham. Verse nine. Not according to the covenant I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt, because they continued on my covenant and I regarded them not, saith the Lord. So he got pretty upset with them, but yet he didn't leave them. Yet he. Uh, stuck with them. Many people say it took them 40 years to go on a four or five day trip. (laughs) Amen. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Verse 10. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws in their mind, write them on their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. This This is reflecting the scripture I just read you out of the book of Jeremiah. I will put my laws into their mind. In other words, they're going to think different. Psalms 48. I'm sorry, Psalms chapter 40, verse 8. I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. And I will be to them a God, the God, the only God. Zechariah 8, 8. And I will bring them, and they shall dwell in the midst of Jerusalem. They shall be my people, and I will be their God in truth and in Righteousness. Verse 11. They shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest. Praise God. The writer's repeating what Jeremiah wrote in a little different words. They shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me. And he'll introduce himself to all of them. In other words, the Holy Ghost will teach. Holy Ghost is a teacher, 
a comforter. He leads, he guides, he orders our footsteps. Thank God for his spirit today. Verse 12, I will be, mer- I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and to their sins. And their what iniquities or lawlessness will I remember no more. Forgiveness. Verse, verse 13, in that he saith a new covenant, he hath made the first old. Now that which decayeth and waxeth old is ready to vanish away. Now, I didn't write this. So this is putting the law simply back as an example. To look at it, man, I can't keep that. That certainly points out my sins. But there's only one way. Only one way to God. Not through the law, but through Jesus Christ who fulfilled the law. He said, which decayeth and waxeth old is ready to vanish away. Matthew 5, verse 17. Think not that I've come. This is, the Lord says this. Think not that I've come to destroy the law or the prophets. I'm not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass one jot and one tittle, shall in no wise pass from the law, till it all be fulfilled. Is the law bad? No. The law is holy. The law is good to come from God. But once again, I've got to point out, impossibility for man to keep it. They never could, never would. The only one that kept it. No guile found in his mouth, and that's who Jesus. He kept it. So we, thank God, live under a superior covenant, the new covenant, the everlasting covenant, that never be changed. We don't need man or anybody else to add anything to it. It was perfect and complete. He was the perfect sacrifice before God. He shed his perfect blood, and his perfect blood today is sanctifying us, keeping us, saving us, healing us, delivering us. And I plead the blood today, and I thank God for his blood. I thank God for that blood that taketh away sins, that broke the back of every power and every principality that is prone against God, every every what rebellious and witchcraft spirit. We plead the blood of Jesus over. Thank God for the blood. It reaches to the highest mountain and it goes to the lowest valley and it'll never ever lose its power. So think on these things today. Think on these things today. Thank God that we live under a new and perfect covenant, a superior covenant to what uh, for what they lived under back during the tribe of who Levi and the priesthood. It, it was God's way at that time. But I'm, the word of God said in Hebrews 1. We'll praise God, read that again. Hebrews 1 1. Hold on one second. Lost my place. Hebrews 1 1. God who has sundry times and in divers manners, times past, under the fathers by the prophets. But half in these last days, or these days we're living, spoken unto us by his Son, which is Christ. Whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Christ made the world. All things are created by him and for him. There's nothing that was created that's not made by him. And all dominion and all power has been given unto him. So look unto Jesus Christ today, the author and the finisher of our faith. And the word of God says in Romans 10, if you don't know Christ today, if you were once saved, come back to him. 
Confess your sins. He's true and faithful to forgive your sins. Call upon the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, shall believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there's no difference between the Jew or the Greek. And the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. And whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? This is our mandate, is to preach the gospel in the best way that we can. Let, let God use it the way he wants to use it. Just present yourself, the Bible says, as a living sacrifice. We're living in a day and hour that it's not good to live without Christ in your life. <clears throat> Living in a day and hour that we, uh, uh, we we must tell people that the Lord is coming back, that things are wrapping up as we know them. The signs of the times are all around us. When I don't know, I don't know. It could be five years, ten years, twenty years. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. But I know it's closer now than it's ever been. I've heard down through my life people. Yeah, I've heard this all my life. Well. He's still coming. That, that that doesn't change our attitude towards it. But the Bible says we must love his appearing. And upon his appearing, you need to know him. Amen. I just read to you out of Romans what Paul says. Praise God. Study the scripture. Study that scripture. It's it's complete broken and contrite spirit. A, 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 a spirit of submission to something greater than yourself. You can't do this by yourself. You can't take away of your own sin. You can't live well enough in yourself or good enough in yourself to to what pleased God. The only thing that pleases God is the blood of his son. The only thing that reconciles us to God is the blood of his son. Seek him while I may be found. Time is running very, very, very short. You see these things come to pass. Look up for your redemption. Draw nigh. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity. Preach your word. We just ask you today, you know every individual is going to hear this word today. You know every situation in their lives. You know exactly what they're going through. And we ask you to minister to them. Your word, not my word, but your word is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword and cuts asunder and divides. And is a discerner of all things. We thank you for that today. We ask you, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you save souls. Heal bodies, touch minds, break chains off people's lives. Make yourself known unto them as they receive you and accept you. And give them joy in their salvation. Give them peace in a time where seeming there is no peace. You set a peace that passeth all understanding through you, Lord. We believe that today. In Jesus' holy and righteous name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you next time. I shall not want He maketh me to lie down in green pastures He leadeth me beside the water 